Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's been a while since I introduced myself in the show. My name is Wayne Kaiser, and with you guys, our community of friends, all of us together make Ballycast much more than just another podcast. It's a call to action to go out and enjoy sideshow and variety arts day by day and give you memories for years to come. With this podcast, I strive to share positive motivation and happiness and some performance advice derived from my 26 years working in entertainment. Every episode from the beginning is free to download from the show notes page at Ballycast.com. Time has superseded many of my suggestions, and some of my advice is not right for everybody, but we're all just normal people pursuing a dream to make other people happy. So, come along on this crazy journey and be a part of our amazing and supportive community, and live each day making moments that you want to remember one smile at a time. When an audience is watching you perform, do you think they're examining the merit of what you're saying or dancing or doing? Or in the back of their minds, do you think they're looking at you as as a freak attraction? Anyone who says, are you a curiosity attraction, I will say yes. Anyone else, anyone at all, maybe a stranger, maybe even a friend, you think you know them. You may even know a lot about them. But do you really know what they're going through? Do you know their secret thoughts? Do you know the demons they battle every night? Here's quite a story, a pretty strange one. And it's definitely a story of triumph against many obstacles. This is it. This is the real thing. You've heard about it on the radio and seen it in the papers. Ten big acts for the price of one ticket. Behind this curtain, you'll see the Fiji mermaid, the giant red bat, the six-foot man-eating chicken. They're all real, and they're all on the inside. You'll see the Ethiopian glaciers. folks what are you waiting for admission is free to Ballycast, the podcast of the carnival sideshow and variety arts you're just in time we're gonna have a free show we're gonna bring out the strange people the weird people here they come now watch the doorway you'll see what they do you'll hear what they talk about they're all alive on the inside get your ticket and come in Ballycast presents news and interviews with performers and showmen some important words of warning. This podcast is not family friendly. I'm not even thinking about it. So listen at your own risk. The performances and stunts described are not safe, even for experienced performers. Never attempt them without the direct supervision of someone who already performs them. Please use your common sense. And if you don't have any, stop listening now. Here's your host, Wayne Kaiser. Welcome to Ballycast, episode 168, brought to you free by Blue Ridge Entertainment for showmen, performers, and fans of the sideshow, carnival, and variety arts. The feature segment of today's show, 
gay and transgender people have come prominently into the attention in our culture, and it seems that some people have been brought up to treat people they don't understand like lesser beings. Thankfully, some haven't. There's a lot to unpack here. Stick with me. And I'll tell you where I've been for a whole year. And a few other things. Hold on to your seats, because this is BellyCast. Here we go. Keep your hands and arms inside the car and remain seated until the ride comes to a complete stop. The last BellyCast episode was May the 1st of last year, 2022. Oh, gosh. Look at that. My microphone has gotten dusty. Where have I been for over a year? I've been in and out of the hospital and some shitty rehab, and I'm not finished yet. Oh, you don't want to hear my troubles. It's been hard enough to remember all the ins and outs of producing and uploading this thing. But I may have gotten a knack back. Let's find out. You just keep on listening and see for yourself. Now, what's been going on in the world since we last spoke must be progress. What is this thing that's better than spring? What thing is this that's better than a kiss? What is the X that's bigger than sex? What could it be? It's progress Where every man can be a king Why next to progress Love's a juvenile thing Yes, with progress Your chance to hit the top is great One year you may need a love Where you can make a pile a day. Oh, it's incredible what you can do. Why next to progress? You don't need brains at all. Love's as dull as croquet. Just a hell of a lot of gold. Yes, with progress. A time, a day, or There's a world to have and hold. Any day, buy up a bank. You start a clerk underneath, and the following year your teeth are all gold. One day the prices begin to soar. You made a living, now you need more. You're getting frantic, you're running short. You have a family you must support. And when you think you'll never stop, there's a sudden noble drop. It's a panic, it's a recession, it's a depression, it's a Progress, the greatest thing they'll ever be. Why next to progress? Love's a cup of warm tea. Yes, it's progress. Where every cluck can make a buck. La 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 la. You buy a few shares of stock and the following day The market crumbles, the prices crack And on you tumble upon your back You're overextended, you have no slack It can't be mended, you can't turn back And you are out in a growing mob Without a dime, without a job It's a panic, 
man can own the skies. To win with progress, just industrialize. Yes, it's progress, the only way to happiness. No greater love could there be than for P-R-O-G-R-E-S-S. Want to have even more fun? Learn stuff. Subscribe to Ballycast. You're not in school anymore. There's no homework. There are links on the webpage at Ballycast.com or subscribe on iTunes. And all previous episodes are available as well. See you next episode. What's a four-way joint? It's not something you need to have fixed by a doctor. From 1948, this nine-page detailed plan shows the easy and efficient way to build a traditional carnival concession booth customers can play from all four sides. Also included, plans for 11 money-grabbing four-sided midway games suitable for use in such a joint. Games like Penny Pitch, Cane Rack, Pitch Till You Win, and eight more. A PDF copy emailed quickly to you is just $4. Click the link on the podcast webpage. From Braille's Bible of Building Plans comes this recipe for buttermilk fudge. Two cups white sugar, three-quarter cup buttermilk, a half a cup of white corn syrup. Cook these three ingredients together until a few drops will form a soft ball when dropped into cold water. Set off fire and cool. When candy is slightly warm, beat it until it begins to get creamy. Then pour into buttered platter or pour on damp cloth and shape into a ball. When firm, cut in small pieces. Now, on a personal note, aside from Brill's original recipe, these days fudge is more properly made in an 8-inch or 9-inch square baking dish lined with parchment, and lightly butter the liner. Put sweetened condensed milk, two 14-ounce cans of it, into a heavy-bottomed pot, and over low heat, Melt three cups of chocolate chips or peanut butter chips and one quarter cup of unsalted butter in the condensed milk, stirring off until the mixture is smooth and creamy. Then stir in two teaspoons of vanilla. And if you wish, you can stir in one cup of chopped walnuts or coconut for crunch. Chill to set and enjoy. The nice part of it is, there's one waiting for you now at the refreshment stand. I'm going to bring back a minute or two from episode 164 from February 2022. I have long been troubled by the idea of drag performance as televised entertainment for the masses. It's so obviously good to have and show genuine respect for women 
and for all people, not mock and imitate them. And then I came across a recent video called, P.S. Burn This Letter, Please. There are certain performers today who were around in the 50s and 60s who still get very upset if you call them drag queens. I was not a drag queen. I was a female impersonator. I was a female mimic. I was a female illusionist. A drag queen was somebody who walked around the street in a dress and may have been turning tricks or whatever, right? A female illusionist, a female impersonator, a female mimic was an artist. I don't like the word drag queen, actually. It was a detrimental term to me from the beginning. There's so much more to the real issue than clutching your pearls about your own or anyone else's pronouns. If that's the best you can do, you're not doing your job. But see, they were all glamorous. They don't have glamour queens anymore. They all want to be clowns. Respect means that you can't just put on wild outfits and paste on loads of ugly makeup and swan about pretending you're a woman. And the most important thing I learned is this. Drag is not meant for me, and it's not meant for the mass audience like the television audience. I felt at home at Phil's Drag Ball because I was no longer the weirdo. I belonged, which I had not belonged anywhere before that. It can't be something you want to do. It has to be something you have to do. It's to speak to people and say something, make them see something. <sighs> this is the most fucked up fucking world. It's just nothing's right. Nothing's right. <laughs> Or, as Oscar Wilde put it, Where the wave of moonlight glosses the dim grey sands with light, Far off by furthest rosses we footed all the night, Weaving olden dances, mingling hands and mingling glances, Till the moon was taken flight. To and fro we leap and chase the frothy bubbles, While the world is full of troubles and anxious in its sleep. Come away, O oh human child, to the waters and the wild, with a fairy hand in hand. For the world's more full of weeping than you can understand. Of the pilgrims 
That's not all, not by a long shot. I have a special attraction unlike anything you've ever seen. This is an added attraction. We don't advertise it on the outside because the laws of your community forbid it. But for just one dollar, what you'll see is something you'll be telling your neighbors about tomorrow. And what you hear, you'll be telling that in whispers. They'll tell you it couldn't be true, but here it is. You'll see it with your own eyes, a sight that makes women faint and grown men shudder. It's right behind this curtain. Just one dollar. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Follow me. George Jorgensen was born in 1926 and was, in his own words, a frail, blonde, introverted little boy who ran from fistfights and rough-and-tumble games. I was born in New York City, and as a child, could not comprehend why I felt I was different. And I suppose that one of the most important things in childhood is to be the same as everyone else. As you get older, you like being different, but not as children. What was going on within me biologically and psychologically, I didn't understand. Sex was not discussed. You were just supposed to be a little boy or a little girl. And trains were for little boys and dolls were for little girls. Why, I never quite comprehended. My teenage years were even more confusing because by this time I really began to try to identify as a male and it was quite impossible for me. He became increasingly concerned over his lack of typical masculine development. But he wasn't very concerned about being drafted into the army shortly after World War II to serve as a clerical worker. I had been turned down several times for, for the draft because I was underweight. But suddenly the war was over and they needed clerk typists, so if you could hear thunder and see lightning, you were in. Well, I heard a lot of thunder and saw an awful lot of lightning, and I ended up in Fort Dix, New Jersey, the records department of the uh, separation center. I was there 14 months. Now, people will say, how could I feel as I did and still survive within the framework of the military? Actually, I think my period in the service was the thing that convinced me more than ever that I really wasn't George W. Jorgensen. And I also discovered something else. In my own selfishness of growing up, I hadn't realized that other people had problems too. I thought I was the only one. So living in close proximity with other fellows in the barracks, I discovered a lot about myself. 
Were you embarrassed by the scores of nude men that went through with you? Did you have any sensitivity toward the men? No, I suppose mostly acute embarrassment because uh, I have always lived somewhat of a sheltered life. And I always still say that I'm the type that when there's no one in the apartment, I lock the bathroom door while I'm bathing. Yeah, I know. You know, you even when the apartment's <laughs> empty. It's just a force of habit, I suppose, to live close within myself as I did for so many years. He heard about efforts overseas to help people better accord with the gender they felt they really were. So George began taking estrogen. He intended to go to Sweden, where he could find the only doctors in the world who performed sex reassignment surgery. But while he was visiting relatives in Denmark, he heard about a doctor there who might help. When I went back east, I decided I couldn't accept what was going on in my life. And the nearest thing to understanding the medical aspects of it was to become a lab technician. So I became a laboratory and x-ray technician. And about that time, I met a friend who was married to a doctor. So Mrs. Angelo and I became very close, and we had lunch together and so forth. And finally, I said, may I speak to your husband? And he is the one who started to ferret things out for me. And I found that they were doing some research. And I went to Denmark first because I had family there, cousins, aunts, and uncles, and so forth. Well, this is another interesting facet of living, I think, is that every time I've been up against a stone wall and didn't know where to go, for some unknown reason, a door opened. I suppose that happens in all our lives. He came into the care of Dr. Christian Hamburger, and with special permission from the Danish Minister of Justice, George had the first in a series of sex reassignment surgeries. Oh, I can't believe I did the whole thing. <laughs> I tried it and I liked it. He had an orchiectomy in September 1951 and took the name Christine to honor the doctor who helped her become who she always believed herself to be. Then, in November, Christine had a penectomy and returning to America, a vaginoplasty. Writing to her parents, Christine said, Nature made a mistake, which I have corrected, and now I am your daughter. I've been walking in my sleep, counting troubles instead of counting sheep. Where the years went, I can't say, I just turned around and they're gone away. And I've been sifting through the layers. Dusty books and faded papers tell a story I used to know, and it was one that happened so long ago. It's gone away yesterday. Now I find myself on the mountainside. Where the rivers change direction across the great divide. Now I heard the owl calling softly as the night was falling. 
with a question And I replied But he's gone across the borderline He's gone away Yesterday Now I find myself on the mountainside Where the rivers change direction Across the great divide Is the one that comes between the edge of night and the break of day? It's when the darkness rolls away and it's gone away. Yesterday, now I find myself on the mountainside. Where the rivers change direction Across the great divide And it's gone away And yesterday Now I find myself on the mountain's path It's where the rivers change direction Across the great divide And then it was December 1st, 1952, when, as you might say, all hell broke loose. The story of my life became the world. They owned it. They began to own me. I was just startled when this woman came in and handed me a telegram from the United States that the Daily News had this big story. And all of these intimate details of my life suddenly were spread across the newspapers of the world. Then, wouldn't you just know it, came the headline that outed her. XGI becomes blonde beauty. And the story described the first sex change. That sideshow-like sensationalistic headline came from a cheap tabloid aimed at people who could barely read. Though such surgeries were not well known, certainly not common, in truth, the first such surgery had happened in the late 1920s. And, of course, the public had to respond. The mail that you did receive, were any of the letters insulting? Were they humorous? Did they poke fun? Or what were they like? Actually, very few were insulting, much less than I had anticipated. I received thousands and thousands of letters from, from people, people with, with problems, problems, with the very, very flattering attitude that in some way I could help and I only wish that I were capable of helping all these people who did look to me for some sort of answer or guidance. Then there was an equal number of just congratulatory notes and one of the most beautiful parts of it was that a lot of these notes were sent not to me but to my parents. Very charming letters, just very, very sweet. And my mother was quite overcome by the fact that so many people thought of her and my father. 
And then, of course, there was what you call the derogatory notes. Some people were extremely hostile, uh, which didn't bother me very much because I had already climbed my mountain and that became their problem, not mine. I would say that I received about, oh, maybe 40 or 30 of them. I'm and told. that's a very small percentage when you think in terms of 20 or 30,000 letters. Yes, indeed. One of the letters was written by a very unhappy boy. And it had a razor blade and it said, why don't you cut your throat? Uh, you're making it hard for the rest of us. Us? That's what his interpretation was, the rest of us. Uh, what us was, I don't know. But as I said to my doctors not long after that, I've discussed this since with some psychiatrists, that it would hardly solve this young man's problem or I to disappear off the face of the earth it would mean nothing it would not uh, change his problem one iota Christine had wanted a quiet life on her own terms uh, when I first started nightclubs and I remember Colonel Blick he came to me and he said if you use any ladies rooms in Washington D.C. we'll have you picked up and examined I said Colonel Blick I'll make it a point not to urinate while I'm in the nation's capital <laughs> When you go into a women's restroom, do women feel that there is a man among them, or how do they feel about your presence? Do they accept you as merely another oh, woman? Oh, very, quite definitely so. In fact, they usually try to get me into conversation, you know, just to oh, sit yeah. and have a few minutes chat. But of course, uh, to me, there is very, very little sex in toilets. She hoped to marry, but that was not to be. In 1959, Christine and her fiancé were denied a marriage license because her birth certificate described her to be a male. The New York Times reported that the fiancé, a typist, lost his job in Washington, D.C. when his engagement to Jorgensen became known. It is too often misconstrued that all sorts of sex perverts and by this I mean child molesting and this type of thing, are homosexual, which is utterly ridiculous. Any good psychiatrist will throw that idea out of the window. Of course, a pervert can be homosexual, but it is not a, a necessary uh, thing that he should be. But as far as I'm concerned, and I believe that the world of homosexuality in no way affects society or harms society, and the only way it could would be if everyone became homosexual and there was no more uh, birth rape. Some time ago in Washington, D.C., there was what uh, I would like to now refer as a purge of known homosexuals from strategic jobs in uh, Washington. Yes, I The reason that. being they thought that anyone with homosexual inclinations was vulnerable from a standpoint of blackmail and could therefore be very easily induced to reveal vital statistics and uh, government classified matters. So with that thought in mind, would you like to continue this belief that uh, well, homosexuality it, is not a problem? Well, it is. I don't believe it is a problem. It is a social society's way of thinking toward homosexuality, which is the problem. It's not ho homosexuality per se. Again, uh, these men or these women, I don't know, there's homosexuality in both. True. Uh, they are in a vulnerable position if they are handling secret documents and so forth because of the constant fear of social ostracism. Her notoriety made a quiet life impossible. 
and Christine could only earn a living by making public appearances on the stage, in nightclubs, and on the lecture circuit. Strippers, nightclub acts, everything, all kinds of, all agents, everybody was jumping on the bandwagon. They wanted me to do everything, including being a lady wrestler. And I had a sense of humor, so I laughed at a lot of them. I saved most of the telegrams. But she rose to meet the unwanted attention with directness, with charm, and with very polished wit. Christine used her platform to demand understanding from a public that often wanted to see transsexuals as freaks or perverts. To most men, the height of hilarity is to get dressed in women's clothes at parties and at different affairs. It's just funny to see a man put on women's clothes and walk out, especially if he tries to wear the high-heeled shoes. She had some periods of depression, but she always came out of these with her head held high. She did television and radio interviews and wrote an autobiography which sold almost 450,000 copies. The Christine Jorgensen story, a fictionalized biopic very loosely based on her autobiography, was released in 1970. She did not appear at all in the film. Christine, how about a statement? Come on, Christine, smile pretty. The G.I.s need new pinup pictures. <laughs> hey, Christine, is it true you're going to re-enlist in the wax? <laughs> the only happy note was in the unexpected appearance of Christine's family. Hey, Mr. Jorgensen, how does it feel having a daughter instead of a son? Why don't you ask her how she did it? Want a new woman? You can always order one from Copenhagen. <laughs> When an audience is watching you perform, do you think they're examining the merit of what you're saying or dancing or doing? Or in the back of their minds, do you think they're looking at you as, as a freak attraction? Well, there can be little doubt that there is a, a great part of my audience does have that attitude. Uh, fortunately, they have it when they come in. And from what I've heard from club owners, that they seem to have a slightly different attitude when they go out. They feel a little... That's very good. I suppose just having seen me, it's... I imagine in some respects it's uh, like seeing the third party of a triple personality mm. because people have only seen newspaper pictures of me and then suddenly they discover that I have color, <laughs> you know? I can understand that. If you see everything in a black and white and suddenly see it in color, then it's something different. Curiosity is very important and we're all curious. Anyone who says, are you a curiosity attraction, I will say yes. Because I also am curious. I'm curious about many things, from Sputnik down. I think Jimmy Durante gave me the best answer. And when I first started in the business, I couldn't understand. I told a few jokes, very nice jokes. But I didn't get any response from the audience. And I remember the evening he looked at me and he said, you know, Christine? He said, you could tell the funniest joke ever written on stage the first 15 minutes of your act. And you won't get a laugh. Why? He said, because they're too busy looking at you. And this I understand and accept. To sum it up, actually, Mr. Russell, the curiosity idea that if I saw Miss Garbo going down the street, I too would love to peek under the hat. But of course, I wouldn't do it. I don't think I would anyway, but it would take all of my strength not to. Here's a Calypso song about her. Who's singing? The Charmer. A name used by, oh, you're going to love this, Louis Farrakhan. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, God, make up your mind, Lewis. I am trying to find a solution But a certain person Trying to find a solution But a certain person With this modern surgery They change him from he to she But behind that lipstick rouge and paint I got to know if she is or is she ain't What gave him the idea and the spark to leave the country bound for Denmark? He tried to live the life of a man, but that was not in accord with nature's plan. So he underwent this operation and came back home to shock the nation. But behind that lipstick, rouge and paint, I got to know if she is or if she ain't. Back to this country, they made her a popular celebrity. Out of public sentiment, she got movie contract and plenty engagement. People came out of curiosity to see this amazing freak of the century. But behind that lipstick, rouge and paint, I still wonder if she is or is she ain't. lady walked across the stage they call her the wonder of this modern age now she making plenty money because of hormones and plastic surgery joined down 20,000 a week and not one listening to this record could get a peek so behind that lipstick rouge and face what you think she is boy I know she ain't I was sitting in the office this afternoon and I thought to myself, I don't know Christine Jorgensen that well. I've interviewed her once or twice in my life. But a lot of people wonder, does Christine? Does she do it or does she don't? Yeah. She does it. Good. <laughs> Quite satisfactory. Thank you. <laughs> but I'm not promiscuous. I'm not somebody. I've never been a one-night stander. Let's put it that way. You see, it's like people who are alive wonder if there are people who were dead, if they would come back and tell us what it was like. You've experienced one of humankind's greatest pleasures and most intimate moments as a man and as a woman. No, I never did as a man. I oh, you did, never did? No, oh, I never had any affairs as a man. No, not at all. It would be interesting to find someone who had. I know people no, who I, have had, Okay, yes. and because... Oh, I know, I know some guys, transsexuals that have married uh, uh, previously. You know, we children. all wonder, guys wonder, what is it like for her? And I'm sure women wonder, what is it like for him? Yeah. And you almost know that. You really not quite, not quite, Tom. but I'm, and I'm not trying maybe to be I'm, salacious. Maybe, but maybe, I'm, maybe I'm getting closer to it than most people. But uh... what about the jokes, the Christine Jorgensen jokes that have gone the rounds of nightclubs and uh, oh, there comic have books been many. the world? <laughs> How have these uh, affected you? Have they? Have they? Have you heard most of them? Well, I don't know whether I've heard most of them. I've heard an awful lot of them. Yeah. And of course, uh, frequently when I'm in a nightclub, I go unannounced. 
And I can still hear uh, comedians using them on stage when they don't realize I'm in the audience. I think the cleverest one I've ever heard, and I must say I thought it was a brilliant mind that figured it out, was at Fort Dix, New Jersey, where, of course, as I have just said, I was for 14 months. The soldiers looking at the newspaper with an enormous headline and my picture on it, and they just sighed and said, now she tells us. <laughs> yeah, a little later. Which I think has a very, it's a very clever one. Sadly, the issue of gay and trans acceptance is clouded by charged language and whatever the flavor of the month is in the culture. The whole issue even intrudes into charming and not stupid popular culture as it did in Monty Python's Life of Brian. Women have a perfect right to play a part in our movement, Reg. Why don't you shut up about women, Stan? You're putting us off. Why are you always on about women? I want to be one. What? I want to be a woman. From now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. What? It's my right as a man. Well, why do you want to be Loretta, Stan? I want to have babies. You want to have babies? It's every man's right to have babies if he wants them. You can't have babies. Don't you oppress me. I'm not oppressing you, Stan. I've got a womb. Where's the fetus going to just take? You're going to keep it in a box? Physicians who dare stick their heads up into the storm of bullets flying one way and another recommend, wisely, I believe, two conditions before preteens and teens begin taking puberty suppressants and hormones. They should... Provide evidence of several years of persistently identifying as or behaving typically like another gender. This should distinguish kids with a long history from those whose stated identification is recent. They also recommend a comprehensive diagnostic assessment for the purpose of understanding the psychological and social context of their gender identity and how it might intersect with other mental health conditions. Simple suggestions, but both drew condemnations. Some have even called these careful and, I think, sensible cautions gatekeeping. Are the voices on both sides motivated by care or the politically correct position of the day? What is now being called gender-affirming health care for transgender people under the age of 18 has real and permanent effects. They insist now that you live the role you are going to be surgically assigned to later for a year to find out if you can function within the society within which you live because of it. Now, for example, there are people who are psychotic, as you mentioned before, who are unsuccessful in life and feel that if a change of gender will automatically make them successful, which is not true. If you are not before, you probably will not be after. So therefore, it is a very, very important programming to weed out the people who don't really know who they are. It's very important to know the total personality of the person prior to surgery. And conversely, when my cousin, who was so good to me in Denmark, came over to this country when I was playing in Las Vegas, when she came over to visit me, and I took her to Las Vegas, and I gave her some money, and she was out playing 21, and she was smoking these great big cigars. She liked Churchill cigars. And many women in Denmark do smoke cigars. 
So, of course, the people kept walking around in 25 years ago watching this woman smoking the cigars, and she happens to be a grandmother, so she was very normal in that sense. <laughs> but she was smoking cigars, and they asked the croupier, uh, who's that woman smoking the cigars? And they said, well, that's Christine Jorgensen's cousin. So they said, oh, well, that figure is. <laughs> the whole family's peculiar. What else does responsible care demand when there seems to be a real impact on brain development, bone density, and a number of other considerations? The gender identity clinics insist that the patient live in the role they're going to become assigned to for at least a year. And the doctor sees them maybe once every two weeks, even if it's only 10 minutes. In a period of a year, the doctor has to have a gut feeling as to who that person is. That's the hard part, is finding out who the person is. The surgery is easy. Shall we comfort all of our fellow human beings, whether we understand them or not? What is the mature thing to do? What is the kind thing to do? Being kind costs absolutely nothing. Frequently, when my doctor years ago said to me, Chris, when you run into tremendous animosity from people that you don't know and don't know you, Ask the question, why? And invariably you will find that there's a hidden something in the dark recesses of that person that I represent something to them that they cannot, simply cannot face. In the language of the past, what is the Christian thing to do? If you are a Christian, look at what Jesus said. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Christine, do you think the time will ever come when your complete past, or at least this episode in your life, will disappear when people will think of you as Christine Jorgensen, photographer, or Christine Jorgensen, actress, or whatever your pursuits might be at that time, and not as Christine Jorgensen, woman, formerly man. No, Mr. Russell, I don't think the time will ever really come when the past, as you say, Christine Jorgensen, formerly a man, will ever be forgotten. Should any event come up in my life, such as my marriage or even my death, the newspapers would have a Roman holiday and rehash the whole past. But the strange part of it is, is that the people who know me know me a very short time, and they forget about the past. Recently, I was talking to a friend who's also in the theatrical world, and we were talking about childhood. And she was referring to hers, and I was referring to mine. And then all of a sudden, she looked at me, she said, You know, Chris, I forgot. That you were a boy when you were a child. Or recognized as uh. such. So I said, Well, you know, Kay, I haven't forgotten it. Because it's part of my past, and it's, it's what makes me the person I am today. And it goes even so far as in my home is hanging a picture taken of me when I was six years old. It's still hanging on the wall in my mother and dad's bedroom. If we don't understand others, they're just people. And there are certainly parallels to be drawn between what people are going through now and what the culture has faced many times in the past. I've heard a story. It might be familiar to you. A guy, could be you or anyone else, 
is walking along and falls into a deep hole. The walls are too steep for him to climb out. He hears somebody come by up above. It's a politician. And the guy yells, Help, I'm stuck down here. And the politician says, Yeah, I'll have a meeting and ask my constituents what to do. I'll have my secretary get that on the schedule. And he leaves. The guy hears someone else come by up above, and it's a preacher. The guy calls, Help, I'm stuck down here. And the preacher says, You must have been very sinful to wind up down there and throws down a prayer for the guy to read. Then one of the guy's friends comes by up above. The guy calls, Help! I'm stuck down here! And the friend jumps right on down into the hole. The guy says, You idiot! What did you want to do that for? Now we're both stuck. His friend says, I've been down here before, and I know the way out. Come with me. There's far more that unites Americans than the things that divide us. The difference will be what you or I or any group decides to latch on to. This is a delicate matter, and the conversation is not over, clearly. We're writing a new book here, or at least a new chapter. Most of the factors involved in gender transition are dramatic, and many are irreversible, particularly for children. And there have been threats to those who disagree. Yes, there are men who I represent a tremendous threat to, and they wouldn't be seen with me because they think that that would affect their masculinity. A man who's pretty secure within his own framework of masculine feminine identification is not afraid of me at all. But to put it another way, here's trans comedian Eddie Izzard. He isn't making a big thing about it. And by the way, he's equally willing to be called Eddie or Susie Izzard. He answered Sandy Toxvig this way. Do you look forward to the day when it isn't a battle anymore? It can just be. I say this, when LGBTQ hits boring, then we've made it. Christine Jorgensen died of cancer in 1989 at age 62. When I was playing at the Latin Quarter in New York, a beautiful show opened on Broadway. It was called Flower Drum Song. In it, Pat Suzuki sang this wonderful tune, which became my theme song. See if you remember it. I'm a girl, and by me that's only great. I am proud that my silhouette is curvy, that I walk with a sweet and girlish gait, with my hips kind of swivelly and swervy. I adore being dressed in something frilly When my day comes to get me at my place Out I go with my Joe or John or Billy Like a filly who is ready for the race When I have a brand new hairdo With my eyelashes all in curl I float as those clouds on hairdo I enjoy being a girl when men say I'm cute and funny And my teeth are in teeth but pearls I just wrap it up like honey I enjoy being a girl
They said some men would be warriors and some men would be kings and some men would be owners of land and other men made things and false love is the eternal flame would move some to think in rings and gold would be our power and other foolish things but you who dream of liberty must not yourselves be fooled before you get to plea for freedom you have agreed to be enrolled and if the body stays a shackle then the mind remains a chain that'll link you to a destiny whereby all good souls are slain and it won't take long of three men in a desert wandering one is knowing and two are scared they say time is in the river but the river is not there and dry in spirit and dry in body two will lend themselves to death and one weeps into his hands and drinks his bitter tears because it don't take long and as i stand before you now i am hopeful in my rage you know love has finally called for me I will not wilt upon its stage but still smaller than my nightmare now do I print upon the page do we have to live inside its walls to identify the cage because it takes so long you know grief will come in measures only grief alone will know but you'll see it on your family and on your own face it will grow and they'll try to keep you hungry and they'll tell you to eat snow you know pride can be a moving thing if we learn the strength of no on one day coming human strength will fill the streets of every city on our planet we will hear the sound of angry feet and with business freeze up in the harbor the kings will pull upon their hair and the banks will shudder to a halt the artists will be there cuz it won't take long it won't take long it won't take long and division between the peoples will disappear that honor day and though oceans lie between us lifted candles light the way join their hands by moonlight and the rest under a rising sun 
is underneath the sun and moon. A ritual wailing has begun. And beware you Sega diplomats, for you will not hear one gun. And though our homes be torn and ransacked, we will not be undone. For as we let ourselves be bought, we're going to let ourselves be free. And if you think we stand alone, look again and you will see. Look again and you will see. We are children in the rafters. We are babies in the park. We are lovers at the movies. We are camels in the dark. We are changes in the weather. We are snowflakes in July. We are women grown together. We are men who easily cry. We are words not quickly spoken. With a deeper side of pride, we are dreamers in the making. We are not afraid of why. We are not afraid of why. We are not afraid of why. And I will not be complacent. I will not be complacent. Will you be complacent? Will you be complacent? We will not be complacent. 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 But powerlessness is treacherous. And David White said this. He said, If you are not walking in your dream, then you are definitely walking in someone else's. And I will not be complacent. It won't take long. And 
It's never been easy And me and everyone changed The hopes and the tears When they show you their hearts But some never speak again I've said something you like, something you hate, something you agree with, something that offends you. What are you waiting for? Drop a comment on the episode webpage at ballycast.com. Love letters straight from your Are you a fan of the sideshow carnival and burlesque? Have I got a show for you. Stop. Look the door away. They're looking at Grace McDaniels, the mule-faced girl, Priscilla, the bearded lady, Emmett, the elephant-skinned man, a whole presentation of freaks, real people, the strangest people on earth, born to live. Ballycast presents news and interviews with performers and showmen, the kind of people you won't believe. Both swallowing swords while they're resting on the bed of nails on their stomach, and they've got their legs coming around as they're grabbing them, and the swords are on fire, and then myself and Brianna Belladonna spit fire off the swords. A look behind the scenes where the average Joe never dares to go. We've got their 
attention. We've got their money, and we've got them in a seat, so they're strapped in to take the ride that we're going to take them on. Responsible information about exciting new acts. <laughs> I was hurt. I just didn't bother to notice. Well, that's why they put young and stupid in the same category. Wholesome entertainment for young and old. Oh, isn't it wonderful? You just called me a big festering bag of puffs. Isn't it simply wonderful? Ballycast is not family friendly. I'm not even thinking about it. So listen at your own risk. What do you say when somebody goes, that was that was simply disgusting. You all are, should be ashamed of yourselves. Thanks for your money. (laughs) (laughs) We have some incredible performers in New York. So you get women who were made fun of their whole life because they were flat-chested. You get women who were made fun of because they were overweight. And they all get on stage. And one is not a bigger movie star than the other. They're all just giant stars. Once I've got the toilet plunger down my throat, then I pull out a two-foot measuring stick. And I shove it down my throat. And I get it down to the top edge of the stomach. And everybody thinks I'm done. And then I push it the rest of the way. And they all go, (gasps) so much fun to do. You'll discover a new world, meet new friends, see plenty of things you've never seen before, things you'll remember all your life, and some you may want to forget. How many times can you stick a hook in yourself and not be walking around full of holes? About once every other week. Ballycast is available free directly from Ballycast.com. Brought to you by Blue Ridge Entertainment. Thanks for riding. Please exit to your left. is produced by Wayne Kaiser for Blue Ridge Entertainment under a Creative Commons 3.0 Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means you can keep it, copy it, share it with a friend, just tell them where it came from, don't change it, and don't sell it. If you enjoyed it, you can subscribe at Ballycast.com. Visit us, link to us, subscribe to the podcast, and most importantly, enjoy. Exit to your left. I'm very happy to be back, and I don't have any plans at the moment. And I thank you all for coming, but I think it's too much.